Hello, everybody, and welcome to Caligan Circumstances. I'm your host, Marion Angeles, and this is our show. Hello, 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 everybody. It's good to see you all and or hear from you all. <laughs> Maybe I should change my intro a little bit, just a little. But hi, everybody. So for today, I wanted to kind of address a couple things before getting to the actual episode. So first things first, if you guys are on YouTube, you guys might see a pile of clothes on my bed. Why? Today's laundry day and I got a clean bedding. So that was my fault. But it will hopefully be cleaned in the next within the next couple of episodes. I'm pretty much doing a whole bunch of episodes today when I'm filming. And so you guys will get to see my bed unmade for several episodes before we get a bit more of a regular schedule going. So the second thing I wanted to address was that you guys have probably noticed that I haven't been around too much in the last two weeks. I barely put, I think, one episode a week for the last, I think, month and a half. And then I haven't posted for two weeks. Now, the reason for that is, is that I just finished finals. Um, I'm just, I just finished my first year of college. So I wanted to focus on finishing school and kind of just focusing on myself a little bit, especially since finals are stressful and sometimes a little break is absolutely needed. So I'm actually filming this on my upload date, pretty much 30 minutes before this is supposed to be uploaded. So this will be a little bit faster than I would have wanted, but it is some, it is a topic that's really important to me. So as you guys have heard, or you guys have probably seen on the news, um, a lot of different um, hate crimes against Asian Americans have been occurring, especially um, I was just looking at my phone this morning and there was a 75 year old Asian woman who was being beat to the ground um, because I believe the people who the assailants believed that she was um, going to bring harm to them. And God, I get emotional thinking about it. And I don't want to cry on camera. I don't want to cry with the microphone. So I might go crying private later. But it it's really tough to hear that and to see that. And when I first heard about everything that had been going on with the AAPI community, I really wanted to discuss it. But I was not ready to talk about it. And with the... Um, with the Atlanta shooting that occurred um, about a month or two ago, I just, I didn't want to bring something up unless I was ready to talk about it. So that's why you guys are getting an episode on the AAPI community at the end of May instead of early May or mid-April. I just wasn't ready yet to discuss a topic that's really heavy and is extremely important to me. So a little bit of background on myself. I am Filipino-American, and I was born in the Philippines, but I moved to the U.S. when I was four years old. So I've been growing up here ever since, and I've visited the Philippines a couple times since I left. Now, though I do look Asian, I my mind and my heart and my soul aren't necessarily Asian, are mixed with my American beliefs. And that is why I do this podcast is because Americans, like, I guess the stereotype for Americans is that Americans are known to be very prolific and 
they are known to speak their minds. I am one of those people. Now, when it comes to being Asian, there's known as the model minority, where Asians are known to have high expectations for themselves or from their peers, and they expect themselves to get great grades, to stay at home a lot, to and to not talk about the struggles that they go through. And they're considered, quote unquote, the model minority because they excel in society, but they excel with by being invisible. And I got a really awesome opportunity to talk about this on a, a TV interview I did. I'm not trying to flex. I'm just saying that like this topic is really important to me. And when it comes down to it, like the model minority is really damaging, but also the amount of negligence when it comes to Asian Americans. I think there are so many amazing movements out there right now. So there's Black Lives Matter. There is the fight for for immigrants to be able to come come through to the border back back in um, 2019, 2020, when Trump was still administration and even now with border patrol there is people fighting for disability rights there is people who well not disability rights i'm sorry let me correct myself there are people who are considered people with a disability that want accessibility rights there are so many different movements out there but the one i never really heard about when i was younger was asian americans there wasn't that kind of fight for Asian Americans whatsoever. And instead, there is the fight to stay quiet. And that was until this year, 2021, when the Atlanta shooting occurred, when a man went into three three salons and spas and shot and shot mostly Asian people, except for one person. And these were mostly Asian women. Now, the man pled that he was just trying to get all of his sexual frustrations out. And I'm going to say this is ludicrous. This is, it's legit a hate crime. And for me, when I saw the news, I was absolutely revolted. Sorry. It was really tough to watch these people just pass away like just because there's this stigma against Asian women and them being fetishized and Asians being the model minority and Asians being this and this and this and this there's so many different stereotypes and it was just so hard to see that from my own personal perspective so without going into too much detail myself I went through a really tough time when I first came to America. I was um, beaten um, a lot by um, kids that I uh, went to school with when I first came here. So when I first came to America, I went to, to an elementary school for a couple years before moving. And that elementary school was probably the least supportive environment that I ever could have been in. I was one of the few Asian girls there, and it just, it felt so isolated. 
And the worst news was that I was, I was abused in any way you could imagine, physically, emotionally, even sexually. And I'm not going to get into too much detail about it because I really do not want to cry on camera. And it's also a little hard to talk about. But looking at the Atlanta shooting, it, it broke my heart. It really did. And like knowing what what people like those elderly women go through myself being as a young child, it just was never easy to talk about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really need to like blow my nose or something. God. <laughs> <clears throat> but when it comes down to it, Asian Americans are not being recognized as much as they should. And there really is a lack of representation. Now, I am very lucky that I did get to discuss Ryan the Last Dragon with one of my very good friends, April. And we got to talk about Asian representation in this movie and how much it meant to both of us. But this time, I'll be doing a mini-series, probably two or three episodes you guys will get to see. And they'll be back-to-back days in order to make up from... um, not being around as much for these last two weeks. And today's episode will be about crazy rich Asians. Now, I know I put myself in a whole different realm of talking about my experience and how much it meant to me and how much it hurt. But I thought that it was really important to, one, discuss my story in order to give context to why this movie is so important. Now, Crazy Rich Asians was a 2018 romantic comedy that um, was based on a novel by Kevin Kwan. And so the story follows a Chinese-American professor who travels with her boyfriend's family to to meet them for a wedding and finds out and the girlfriend finds out that her boyfriend and her family and his family are among the richest in Singapore. Now. If um, in Singapore, Singapore has probably one of the highest net worths I've ever seen in in the world. And that is because Singapore is considered one of the meccas um, of economics and real estate in the world. Even a small plot of land leased by the government can go for tens of billions of dollars. That's obscene to me. And essentially, the her boyfriend's family are the landlords of Singapore. Just to imagine them being his family being the landlords of Singapore means that they own all that land. And it's just, it blows my mind to how much money that they have. But aside from the point, this movie is all about talking. It talks a lot about the agent stereotype. It talks, talks a bit about kind of just like fighting for your place in a, in a place that you don't feel like you belong. Now, Rachel, who plays the Asian um, Chinese American professor, um, she is Chinese American. And the problem is, is that at the beginning of the movie, Nick Young and her family and his family have an aversion to Americans because they have been known to stereotype them and to racially profile them as nothing more than than people who can just go stay in Chinatown. And how offensive is that? Extremely offensive. I 
I legit wanted to, I was like watching the movie back last night and I was like, I want to beat this man. I want to smack him around a little bit. I'm like, I'm mad, but I controlled myself from like flinging something at the TV and there was, and it causes the mom and like a lot of the relatives of the young family to essentially feel uncomfortable with with Chinese Americans and that the stigmas is that Chinese Americans aren't good. They are good for nothing people. And that's what Rachel has to fight against. Now, I guess I, I did deal with that at a young age because my mom, she would pack me lunches every day up until I finished high school, actually. And she and people would look around. They would think I'm weird with for eating with my hands if I can't get if there we were out of spoons at the cafeteria. They would think I'm weird when I ate shopao, which is like um, it's like a bao, like dumpling, but it's like a bread dumpling. It's really good. If you Filipinos know what I'm talking about, shopao is it. It's just so so good. Yes, but people thought I was weird. People will make fun of the food that I eat, the way that I interact with my parents, it was this whole thing. And I even stopped speaking Tagalog in public because I was just so uncomfortable. Now, I am better versed in English technically, but I decided to hide more of my Filipino self until I was more comfortable when I was in high school. And even then, there were still people who looked and judged what kind of society is that? Like, I'm not, to, for me, I'm not Asian enough to be Filipino sometimes, but I'm not American, and, but I'm not American enough to be here. And you pull on that mixed identity often. I have a lot of close friends of mine that really do stick close to their, to their communities and to who they're close to, but I didn't really have that growing up. Most of the time, it was just, I was just mostly with people who were born in America, who grew up here. I grew up with a good amount of white people, I will, I will say. And I just didn't have a lot of people that were like me. Of course, there were people around who were Filipino and I latched onto them, but it was just always difficult. And that's what Rachel has to fight is the stereotype of, even though I am Chinese American, I am valuable to this society. And slowly, bit by bit, she wins over some of the people that she meets. Um, and she creates a narrative for herself that says, I can do anything that I want. I can be anything that I want. And I love Nick. Nick loves me and I want this to work. And even with like conniving schemes that Rachel goes through, such as Nick's ex-girlfriend, Nick's ex-girlfriend trying to sh trying to push her away from Nick, and also um, Rachel's um, sorry Nick's relatives and her friends like gutted a fish and put it onto onto her hotel room. Then they. Then the mom 
of Nick and the grandma, they decide to investigate Rachel's past and find out that that her mother had her out of wedlock. Like all of these different things that are considered so disrespectful to Asians. And I know, at least within my community, there are a there is a group of Asians that are very judgmental towards Americans. Now, have I encountered a lot of these people? Not necessarily. But it's it's not easy to be Asian. It's not easy to be any minority in any place, in my personal opinion. Especially in America, we're considered a melting pot of cultures that, when it comes down to crazy rich Asians... This puts an American girl into a Singapore Singapore environment, which Singapore is known well for having a lot of immigrants. However, they're mostly Asian immigrants. And there's all these stigmas kind of boil together to create this movie. Now, do I think that the movie was well filmed and that it was super cute? Yes. Now... When it, but the only thing I have an issue with is is that they put Asians in such a in such a a somber and such a American light. There we go. Where Asians they only show the Asians that are super rich. They don't show kind of like the kind of like another side of it. But that's kind of the premise. So I'm not gonna pin them against that. But it kind of creates an unrealistic stereotype. Because um, a lot of the controversy that came around this movie was that some of the cast wasn't Asian enough. Now, here's my question. What's Asian enough? If you're like, I'm going to put my opinion out there and I'm not trying to disrespect anybody who is a percentage Asian or percentage not Asian. This is just my personal opinion that I'm stating. If you're like 1% Asian and acting like you're 110 I don't know (laughs) sometimes like it's just good to embrace like who you are and that's amazing but trying to be something that you feel that you are not on for yourself already isn't good and but if you really are just trying to connect with your culture that's amazing just to be open-minded and to be understanding that is wonderful wonderful things and when it comes down to crazy rich Asians, it boils down to mostly a Chinese perspective. Like there isn't a lot of other minorities being featured. Now, am I glad that there are Asians being featured as an all Asian cast? Yes. I love Aquafina. I love Ken Jeong. I love Constance Wu. I love Henry Golding. I love so I love Gemma Chan. I, we could just keep going on and on and on and on about the cast members. I love all of them. But it is not, I feel like it doesn't have like the mixed Asian community like Ryan the Last Dragon did. Ryan the Last Dragon, all of its main cast had had almost all of the countries that they were representing except Filipino, but I addressed that in my Ryan the Last Dragon episode. You guys are free to watch it. It is totally awesome. But when it comes down to Crazy Rich Asians, it's mostly Chinese. And the one Filipino person that I did see was Chris Aquino when she was a princess something. She was at the wedding. She was like in this bright yellow gown. And I got to say, 
I'm not a fan of Chris Aquino. Now, why would this be? She is not the nicest person. (laughs) I've seen her in interviews and she isn't really that nice. I don't like her in a lot of the movies that she's done in the Philippines. But I respected that they did bring someone who was Filipino to the stage, though I wish it was somebody else. And for other Filipinos who know what I mean, I hope that you understand like my opinion. But I know that most of my audience is American. So Crazy Rich Asians is... I guess it just doesn't have the representation that I was hoping for. But regardless, this story is really true to some of the things that a lot of Asian Americans experience. Like the minority, the model minority, how... All Asians need to be super successful. And that's what they show in Crazy Rich Asians about like, oh, my gosh, Rachel Wu isn't as successful because she is a Chinese-American economics professor. Great. Like, what else? Like, we're real estate tycoons and we are lawyers to the young corporation. There is just this lack of significance of what Rachel does even though her being an economics professor is pretty amazing. I love what she does. But I would say when it comes down to it, I wish this movie did have more representation. And the cuteness of the movie does make up for the fact because I love romantic comedies. They're everything to me. And there are some movies in this, there are some scenes in this movie that I still cry to. Um, For example, one of the things that I cry to is the Mahjong scene where Rachel Rue, she talks with Nick's um, mother. What's her name? The Nick's mother. I'm trying to remember. I'm sorry. I got to like scroll. I got to scroll to figure out this. Um, No, 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 no. Eleanor Young. Um, Eleanor Young and Constance Wu, they both um, do a Mahjong game and essentially Rachel's discussing kind of like how she isn't leaving. She she decides to leave Nick not just because of that she feels that she's weak, but because she didn't want Nick to choose between her and her and his family. And even at the last moment, Rachel already won Mahjong, but she let but she let Eleanor win. And It's a really huge euphemism for this movie. It's also really badass because Rachel is an economics professor. So she knows the idea of game theory. So kind of like attached to kind of the idea of her background. I will say that was really one of the most significant scenes that I'd ever seen. Also when they were making like um, dumplings was another one. When they went to the Hawker Center in Singapore was awesome. There were some really amazing things about um, cultural references to Singapore that I really enjoyed seeing, even though I'm not someone who is from Singapore or who was born in Singapore, I really appreciate seeing cultural references to the area. Now, I think the last thing I kind of want to talk about is the cast itself and a little bit of the controversies that go on with the show now one of the things is that um henry golding he wasn't considered asian enough now i talked back about this in the episode where they were 
where I was like, oh, being 1% Asian or being versus just like embracing your culture. Now, everyone thought that he wasn't Asian enough because he was only half he was only half Asian and also he was half white. But what's wrong with that? Being a mixed race is also difficult because for a lot of people who are mixed race, they feel that they don't belong in any one community. They belong to so many that they have to figure out their own identities. Now, I'm full, I'm like all Filipino, so I don't necessarily know the I don't necessarily know what mixed people who are mixed race go through, but I I try to empathize and to take a look at their perspective and that being mixed race is is hard like being a minority. Not well, I I don't know. I think that's just my personal opinion. Some people might say otherwise, but I think that's just how I view things. And I think that this cast was just uniquely with the Crazy Rich Asians, the cast is uniquely, uh, how would I say it, has, has a diverse, diverse spectrum of faces to the show. So, for example, Ken Jeong, Ken Jeong's wife, don't remember her name, I'm so sorry, Aquafina, um, I don't remember who else, like the, the family of Rachel Wu's best friend. They are amazing. They're so funny, but they're not necessarily like, oh, oh my gosh, we're all good looking people. Like, I'm glad that they didn't stick to the stereotype. They didn't have the stereotype of, oh, all Asians are attractive. And that part, like not the stereotype, but more of the creating the stereotype of, oh, all Asians are attractive. I don't think that's what they were going for. Instead, they were going for just having a whole bunch of different faces to Asian American. And I appreciate that a lot. Like we at times we need representation to appreciate appreciate ourselves but also to inspire others to stand up and to stand for themselves. Now, I will give a really great example of a celebrity who is Asian American that I adore. Jeannie Mai. Now you guys will get, maybe you guys will get to see an episode on Jeannie Mai for the AAPI series. We'll see if I decide on that, but that's a little hint. Um, but Jeannie Mai, she is a television personality on The Real. Um, she is half Vietnamese, half Chinese, if I remember correctly. And she is this badass woman that I I'm very fortunate I got the chance to meet and talk to. And for her, she struggled with being seen as the quote-unquote model minority. She was someone who went through a lot of trials and tribulations being a young and struggling. And I think like a, a struggling TV personality when she was growing up. She ran away from her family when she was 16 up until she was 24. Four, I think I'm trying to remember her timeline correctly. I'm sorry if Jeannie's watching. I'm so sorry if I'm messing this up. But um, when it comes down to it, Jeannie went through so many trials and tribulations being Asian that she was one of the few Asian people in her community that she had to really fight to get her spot on television. And now she's really successful. She's married to Jeezy. She's She's um, doing well in her YouTube channel. Hello, Hane, with her mother, Mama Mai. 
love Mama Mai, seriously. And I also believe that Jeannie is a great example of representation that people need in the AAPI community. I'm really looking forward to seeing more Asian American faces on screen, just like with Crazy Rich Asians. I didn't, and to be honest, I didn't pick Crazy Rich Asians to, I didn't pick this movie to analyze the movie. I picked it so that I had a reason to talk about Asian American Pacific Islanders, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, which I am Asian American. And it's really special to me that this movie exists because now I have something to kind of look back on and just to see how sweet it is, but also to see people that are like me that have have the idea of the model minority that have feel like they need to be successful, that have families or no families that are overbearing. And that's what's really special to me about this movie. I think that it's a step in the right direction. Even two years ago, Crazy Rich Asians was a good step in the right direction, but that we need to have more representation in terms of realistic, being realistic. All right, that is the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for watching and thank you all for listening to the first little bit of my episode talking about my own personal experiences in America. It was really important for me to do these episodes because I felt that if I didn't do them, I would regret it for another year when I, until I could say something about the AAPI community. So I really appreciate your love and understanding and getting to know the perspective of at least of my personal experiences and getting to also learn a little bit more about what it means to be part of the AAPI community. Well, that has been another episode of Kalikan's Circumstances. Thank you guys so much for watching and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.